Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be reading the readings for July 12th, 2020, which is the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year A of the Roman Catholic Church. The first reading this week is from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 to 11. Thus says the Lord, Just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down, and do not return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows, and bread to the one who eats, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. My word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. What an incredibly profound and uh, scientifically detailed reading. I, I wasn't expecting this from a prophet um, who lived so long ago, but clearly has an understanding of precipitation and evaporation. So funny to me. Um, and it was also funny that this uh, reading is talking about rain because it's currently pouring and thundering outside my house. So sorry if you hear that in the background. Um, but what Isaiah is saying here is that the word of God has a purpose. And it's not, like it says, it says, my word shall not return to me void. Um, that the word of God is living and effective among us and around us. And that uh, God does not leave us. It says... Um, the rain and snow come down and do not return there till they have watered the earth. Like, the water that comes to the earth and the snow that comes, they serve a purpose. God doesn't just make that happen for no reason. Water and snow happen so that, you know, plants can grow or our harvest can grow. And it's all part of this this nature cycle. And we all probably in grade school made a some sort of diorama of, like, the water cycle. <laughs> I can remember mine very vividly, and that's how it is, you know, with the Word of God, that um, it has a purpose, and and uh, it's not just meant to fall on deaf ears, but that the Word of God is given to us as a gift to transform us, and to renew us, and to renew the face of the earth, right? Um, as the Psalms say. And so, uh, the Word shall not return to the heavens void. Like, whenever we hear the word of God, it's going to change us in some way, even if we don't recognize it or don't think about it. There's something within us that happens when we hear the word of God revealed in scripture or through someone else. We are changed in some way, and the word of God will never be, uh, be meaningless. It always will change us in some sort of way. second reading this week is from 
the letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 to 23. Brothers and sisters, I consider that the suffering of this present time are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed to us. For creation awaits with eager expectation the revelation of the children of God. For creation was made subject to futility, not of its own accord, but because of the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself would be set free from slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that all creation is groaning in labor pains even until now. And not only that, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan within ourselves as we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. This is a really beautiful reading, and I think the first verse of it just really sticks out to me. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed to us. Um, just like even in the midst of intense suffering and, and in times where there's so much that's, that's unknown. And sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, the world is just chaotic and my life is chaotic and there's so much that I don't know what's going to happen. And yet Paul is saying the present, these present sufferings are just a drop compared to the ocean of glory that God has to reveal for us. And we just have to trust in that and hope in that and just put all of our eggs in that basket that, um, that there's going to be so much more that will be revealed to us in heaven. Um, because if not, then it's just too easy to get buried in worry and anxiety about things that we can't control. Um, the next portion of this is, is really kind of weird and kind of difficult to understand. He says, For creation awaits with eager expectation the revelation of the children of God. So what does this mean? It means that Paul is kind of comparing us as humans He's kind of paralleling that with creation at large. So creation, all of God's creation, even, you know, nature, um, shares uh, kind of the fallen state of, of humanity. And so um, our creation, our world, is affected by original sin, even non-human things. So, for example, it's why we have natural disasters. It's why we have uh, these events that happen that have nothing to do with human, um, you know, human existence. Sometimes they do, you know, think of the ice caps melting. This has to do with global warming that's affected by human beings. But a lot of this stuff, you know, tornadoes, hurricanes, that is totally out of human control and is not affected at all by human, you know, existence. And so Paul's kind of explaining that by saying that Humanity is, is, is fallen because of original sin, and so is the whole of creation. Um, so it says, you know, Paul has hope that creation itself would be set free from the slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. So nature in itself is also broken because of original sin. However, you know, it will be redeemed at the end of time, like he says, as we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Um, this is a very famous verse. He says that we know that all creation is groaning in labor pains, even until now. That 
um, the world we are living in, even though there is so much beauty and so much, you know, so much glory in nature and creation, it's still not done. It's, it's not perfect. It's groaning in labor pains, even till the present, because we're living in an imperfect world. We're living in a post-original sin world, and that will not be perfected until we see the glory of heaven, um, until there is a new heaven and a new earth. The Gospel this week is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 23. On that day Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once, because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil, and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look but do not see, and hear but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled then, which says, You shall indeed hear, but not understand. You shall indeed look, but never see. Gross is the heart of the people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear, then, the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals it away, what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among the thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. So this is the very famous reading of uh, the parable of the seed and uh, the sower sowing some seed. And this is a cool uh, parable because Jesus actually explains it afterwards, which he does not always do. Um, but in this, in this reading, he does. So first of all, why does Jesus get into a boat um, 
to go out and preach. It seems counterintuitive that he sees all these people coming to him and his first instinct is to get into a boat and move away from them. But actually, the reason he does that is because water is a natural amplifier. And so back then they didn't have megaphones or microphones. So in order for his voice to be heard, uh, Jesus would have known that um, it's best to get into a boat and go on the water because water, uh, being in water naturally amplifies your voice. Who knew? So then he tells this parable about the sower sowing some seed and the seed falls on all different types of um, environments, uh, which affects how the seed grows. And so he explains it at the end of the reading, but in the middle of the reading, we have the, the disciples coming up to Jesus and saying, why do you speak to them in parables? In other words, why do you use parables? Now, a parable is a symbolic story. It did not actually happen, but it uses simple images and phrases and scenarios that would have been easy for the people of the time to understand. So a parable uh, is directly related to your audience. And so you tailor that parable to your audience. So that's what Jesus is doing here. And so he says, you guys have uh, this knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. In other words, they have this a special connection to the kingdom of heaven because they're Jesus's disciples and later on they're going to receive the Holy Spirit. But he says for them, um, it's not as easy for them. It says they look but do not see and hear but do not listen or understand. These people are following me and listening to what I have to say, but it's not as easy for them to comprehend, to understand it. And so Jesus definitely could have preached with these lofty ideas and theology and with, uh, you know, the scripture that the Pharisees would have referenced and preached on. And he could have done that. And he does at times, right? He references an Old Testament passage right here, but he chooses to make his teachings more digestible and easier to comprehend and uh, to access by using these parables. Um, because the odds are a lot of the people that Jesus has gathered together might be, you know, sowers of seeds themselves. They might be farmers or they definitely know someone who's a farmer and they can all relate to it is the, is the point. Um, parables are always relatable for whoever is listening to them. And so the explanation that Jesus gives and the, the passage of Isaiah that he references directly relates to the parable that he told, which is really cool. Um, so he says, I teach them in, I speak to them in parables because they look, but do not see and hear, but do not listen or understand. That is exactly what happens in the parable that Jesus teaches. So that's pretty cool. So then Jesus goes on to explain the parable and the different environments that the seed falls on. So the first one is the, the seed that, um, falls on the path, you know, picture like a concrete or cement path, you know, that seed isn't going to grow. Um, so this person hears the word, but doesn't understand it. And then the seed is stolen. You know, I think if I went out and threw seed on my driveway, the birds in my neighborhood would come and snatch that up in like two seconds. Um, so that seed is stolen and never even gets the chance to, you know, take root, be planted. The next one is the seed that falls on the rocky ground. So even a rocky, you know, rocky soil can still receive a plant. Um, 
and you know something can be planted in it but it's it can't grow roots you know in order for something to to grow roots the uh the soil has to be you know moist and uh friendly to plants and so it's not going to work in rocks um your plant might last for a few days in rocks but like it says it only lasts for a time there's no roots that are grown because roots have to cling to soil um and so then there's the one that is thrown among the thorns and this one's really interesting to me it says the worldly uh this person hears the words but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word and it bears no fruit and this is something that we're going to talk about more in uh in next week's reading i believe yeah next week's reading we're going to talk more about this idea of the the weeds uh, kind of choking uh the roots but anyway so we have that uh and then the last one is that the seed is sown on rich soil and you know rich soil obviously meaning good good moist uh friendly to plant soil and this person can hear the word and understand it and can bear fruit. So this is what's really important about this, is that it's not enough to just hear the word of God. This is what Jesus is getting at, the moral of the story, if you will. It's not enough to just hear the word of God and say, that's nice. Yes, I agree with that. You know, it's it's more that we need to do more with it. It's not enough to just hear it. We need to let it root in our hearts and in our lives and um and this is something that I think a lot of us struggle with is that with others sometimes we can present them with the church's teaching or present them with scripture and really think we did a good job of it and then that person seems totally unaffected by it or continues to walk away from the church or whatever and it can make us feel like we're a failure because we did not you know, bring that person into the faith or bring them back to the faith or did not make, it maybe feels like we didn't help them on their journey. But something that we always have to remind ourselves is that we, you planted a seed there and that's good. And so it might just take a little bit of time for that seed to, to grow roots and to, to be watered. And other people are going to come along in that person's life and they're going to water it and water it and water it. And then maybe someday, you know, that seed will finally take root. But we can't put a timetable on it. I remember this during quarantine. I I decided I was going to grow a garden. And uh, I did. And uh, so, you know, when you grow a garden, you should pot. Most of the times you grow your seeds in pots first. And then you transfer those to to your garden. And so that's what I did. And I had all these different types of plants. And I had squash. And I bought these seeds from the dollar store. So, like you know, they're dollar store seeds. I don't have too much hope for them. But even after just like a week, two weeks, all my other plants were sprouting. It was so cool. And my poor little squash, nothing. And I like, you know, it's quarantine. I have nothing else to do. So I would come down every morning and pour myself a cup of coffee and I would just look at my plants. And I was so upset, like too upset about seeds okay but I was upset that these squash seeds were not growing and I was they didn't grow for like at least a month and I remember my dad being like oh I guess they were duds you know they're again dollar store plants and I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe this I'm so like angry I'm like talking to the squash seeds every day and like 
first starting out with like encouraging words like you can do it and then after a while I'm like literally yelling at these seeds to grow. Yes, I know I sound crazy right now, but anyone else that started a garden during quarantine, I think will agree with me that you start to talk to your plants. It took forever. It was at least six weeks. And then finally one morning I came down and there was a teeny tiny little sprout in my squash, in my squash little cup. And so now that plant is planted in my garden and it's doing incredibly well, incredibly well. And I just think about, I almost gave up. Like I literally was so close to just throwing it out because I was so upset that it wasn't growing. I was so close to giving up on that squash seed and I, it just needed a little more time. I don't know why I don't know anything about agriculture. I don't know why the squash needed more time, um, but it did. And so I think, I think of that when I read this reading and think like, there are some people, people like, you know, like the saints probably who just take really easily to the word of God and it's really easy for them to accept church teaching and things like that. And then there's people like me who it takes a little bit longer for that to really sink into my brain and to my heart. And I so appreciate the people in my life that were patient with me and who didn't give up on me and and who just took that time and were patient and didn't just throw me out like I almost threw my squash out. Um, there are some seeds that just take longer to root than others. And that is okay. That's okay. Um, so yeah, that's uh, my challenge for you for this week is going back to those roots. Um, who's someone in your life that needs those seeds to be watered if they've been planted by someone else or can you plant seeds in someone else's life doesn't have to be anything big maybe it's just you texting someone and saying hey I'm this week I'm going to be praying for you like intentionally for you do you have any special intentions that's major that's huge that, that's a game changer and it doesn't seem like something major but that is a seed that you've planted that is going to take root in some in some way Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not this year, but eventually, you know, if it's the will of God, if it's, if it's in, in God's plan, that um, there will be fruit from that. There will be fruit from that. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses, and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses podcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week.